Hello there, friends and faithful listeners. You've tuned into the Bible Explained podcast on this lovely, lovely Monday morning. I hope the weather is really great for you guys and that you had a nice and relaxing weekend, nice, relaxing Sunday. I, uh, <laughs> I did not, I'll be honest with you guys, because I found a cockroach in my house. I opened my cabinet where I get my plates and there was a cockroach in there and I almost died. I almost died. Like I was about ready to burn my house down. I called the exterminator and took all the dishes out of my cabinet and washed them, washed them all and put them back in, like scrubbed my cabinets down, got rid of like some of my food and some fruit that I had in the basket. And like exterminators got to come out. It's like a whole ordeal in order to get rid of cockroaches. But on top of that, in my haste after finding the cockroach to like clean out all my cabinets, I left one of the cabinet doors open and I was about to have somebody over for coffee. Bandit barked so loud that it startled me and I stood up really fast and like, holy moly, I bumped my head against that open cabinet door so hard. I still have a lump. And so like, I have my headphones on and it's like hitting the lump right now. I'm like, oh, this lump on my head. And then on top of that, my husband is sick. So it's just been a whole thing this weekend. It's like when one thing goes wrong, it all goes wrong. <laughs> all right, guys, I hope you had a better weekend than I did. But let's go ahead and read uh, Deuteronomy 32 verses 15 through 29 today. I'll be reading on the W.E.B. as I usually do. Let's start out our week strong with scripture today. So once again, that is Deuteronomy 32, 15 through 29. And this is the continuing discussion about God's song. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You have grown fat. You have grown thick. You have become sleek. Then he abandoned God who made him and rejected the rock of his salvation. They moved him to jealousy with strange gods. They provoked him to anger with abominations. They sacrificed to demons, not God, to gods that they didn't know, to new gods that came up recently, which your fathers didn't dread. Of the rock who became your father, you are unmindful and have forgotten God who gave you birth. Yahweh saw and abhorred because of the provocation of his sons and his daughters. He said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a very perverse generation children in whom there is no faithfulness. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. I will move them to jealousy with those who are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in my anger that burns to the lowest shoal, devours the earth with its increase, and sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. I will heap evils on them. I will spend my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger and devoured with burning heat and bitter destruction. I will send the teeth of animals on them with the venom of vipers that glide in the dust. Outside the sword will bereave and in the rooms terror on both young man and virgin, the nursing infant with the gray haired man. I said that I would scatter them afar. I would make their memory to cease from among men were it not that I feared the provocation of the enemy, lest their adversaries should judge wrongly, lest they should say, Our hand is exalted. Yahweh has not done this. For they are a nation void of counsel. There is no understanding in them. 
Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. So yeah, this is a continuation of the song that God told Moses to write down. And depending on the version you read, some of them will call it Moses's song. But to me, I feel like God wrote this song because he was the one that told Moses to write down all the words of this song. So I, I personally think it wasn't Moses's song. I think it was God's song. And so, yeah, we talked about on Friday how God sustained Israel and protected them, took care of them, adopted them, did all this stuff for them, and even protected them in the wilderness. And now today in verse 15, it says, but after all these things, basically, Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. So Jeshurun is another name for Israel. And Jeshurun actually means the upright one. <laughs> so the upright one, became not so upright very quickly. They grew fat and they kicked. They have grown fat. They have grown thick. They have become sleek. So in other words, Jeshurun or Israel became well fed with God's provision. And they didn't need anything. They didn't want anything. They had everything that they could need. And so they abandoned God who made him and rejected the rock of their of their salvation. I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's often when we have the most that we forget about God, because when we're not in need of anything, we forget our need for a savior. There's not as much faith involved. So Israel, as they kept getting provision from God and taking from God, started forgetting who God was, started forgetting that they needed God and that they needed a savior. And they started moving away from faith. So they grew fat. In other words, they had everything they could need. They had everything they could want. And of course, God is talking in the future because the people at this time period are still in the wilderness. They haven't crossed over into the promised land yet. And God actually wrote this song specifically as prophecy that this is what the children of Israel were going to do. The second they felt like they had enough, the second that they felt comfortable. That was when they were going to forget about God. But not just that they forget about God, they completely 100% abandon God and decide to start following after strange gods and they invoke God's jealousy. God is jealous. Actually, God says his name is jealous. He is jealous for you and he's jealous for me. He's jealous for everybody. And the reason he's jealous is because he wants you to worship him and him only. Just as a husband would want his wife to only be dedicated to him and vice versa. I want my husband to only be dedicated to me <laughs> to the point where I don't even want him to even say that another girl is pretty. Okay. <laughs> uh, last night we actually went out to dinner and, uh, we had a waitress who I thought was really pretty and she was very like polite and sweet acting. We ended up talking about it. I'm like, yeah, our waitress is really pretty. What do you think, Garrett? <laughs> and my husband's like, oh, you know, no, I don't think that. I'm like, yes, you do. You think our waitress is pretty. <laughs> and my husband's like, no, I don't. And I'm like, uh-huh, sure. But even that, like, I don't want my husband to think of another girl as pretty, even if 
she is pretty. I don't want him to think that. <laughs> but it's 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 human nature, but it's not just human nature. Like God put that in us in a sense to want to protect what is ours. He put that marriage relationship in place to almost mirror how God views us, right? Like as much as we want our spouses to only be dedicated to us, the same thing with God. He only wants his people to be dedicated to him and him alone. In fact, when his people do not worship only God, God calls them adulterers in the Old Testament. He makes himself out to be like the husband in a sense, and he calls Israel adulteresses. So at this point, they moved him to jealousy with strange gods, is what verse 16 says. They provoked him to anger with these abominations. So now, verse 17 is really fascinating because it, it goes into detail about what these strange gods really are. They sacrificed to demons, not God. So these little G gods are actually demons, is what God says. Anything that we worship that is not God is anti-God. It is a lie. And so the father of lies, obviously, is Satan. When people worship things that are not God, trying to get fulfillment from those things rather than God, it's actually a demon. It is Satan. It's the father of lies who is encouraging you to worship something that is not God. Even if the item that you're not specifically worshiping per se is a demon. Because let's just say, you know, that you're worshiping like a sports team. The sports team in and of itself is not a demon, but the fact that you are worshiping something that is not God is you, in a sense, sacrificing to demons. You are sacrificing to things that are not God, and you are being influenced by Satan, the father of lies, to try to find fulfillment in something that is not God. And so it says, to gods that they didn't know, to new gods that came up recently. So that's how ridiculous all this is. All of a sudden, a new God is invented and people just start worshiping it. But if it was just recently invented, why would people think that it has any power? You know, if it just came into existence all of a sudden, you know, somebody just made this wooden idol and was like, this idol I just made is our new God and we're going to start worshiping it. But that's ridiculous because it was literally just invented. It's not, it doesn't have any power whatsoever. And this actually causes God to become very jealous. He's jealous for us. He wants us to only worship him, only focus on him. And I believe, yes, nowadays here in America, we do worship idols. We worship idols that are not God, even though they are not specifically little carven images per se. Sometimes they might be. But even though that's not necessarily what people are worshiping now, people worship self they worship identity. They worship uh, things that they think can fulfill them, like social media, posting on social media or sports or whatever else. There are plenty of idols now that people still worship that are influenced by Satan. And you'll notice if any of you have ever fallen into that trap of trying to find fulfillment in something that is not God, whether it's social media or YouTube or pornography or something along those lines, you will probably notice how empty and unfulfilled you feel even after consuming a whole lot of it. You'll probably notice like, man, I feel just as bad as I did before, if not worse, because now my mental health is awful after consuming what I just did. 
the only thing that can really truly give us fulfillment is God. And I'll be honest with you guys, I've fallen into the YouTube, uh, <laughs> the YouTube trap where I've become quite addicted to it recently. I have a hard time with social media in general. I used to be very addicted to Instagram and I had to get rid of it. Then I switched over to Facebook and got really addicted to that after I got rid of Instagram. And so now I'm not on Facebook so much, but now all of a sudden I am addicted to YouTube. And I wasn't able to admit that I was addicted to it until this week when I realized how much time I'm really spending on my phone consuming YouTube videos. Like I always need something on in the background. I can't just be comfortable in silence for some reason. One of the things I was doing was not spending time in God's word so I could watch more YouTube videos and podcasts and things that I found entertaining rather than God's word, which, if I'm being honest, wasn't and isn't so entertaining to me sometimes. But the fact is, the times when I just sit and spend in God's word, when I go outside with a cup of coffee and just spend like an hour in God's word, I feel the best. I feel so fulfilled. Even though I don't initially want to go out and do that, I feel so fulfilled afterward. And it's like I don't ever learn. <laughs> you know, because all of a sudden, like, I'm like, yeah, I feel really fulfilled today. But then the next day I go back to YouTube and forget to go out on the porch and spend time in God's word. So it's it's a hard battle. I get it. It's a hard battle struggling with addictions and things that we, in a way, worship that is not God. And for me, I worship my own entertainment in whatever form that might be. So I am confessing that as a sin and I am trying to work on that. But anyway, one, one way or the other, this is provoking God to jealousy. And these are new gods that came up recently, which your fathers didn't dread. Now, some uh, versions will say, which your fathers didn't fear. And honestly, I think that that's a better translation than the word dread. Because I don't think we have to dread God, per se. I do think we have to fear him, that there is a healthy fear that God is so above us and God can literally do anything. There is a healthy fear in that. And God even tells us to fear him. Though, nowadays, I don't know if the word dread translates as well, even though it basically means the same thing. Verse 18, of the rock who became your father, you are unmindful. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. Man, yeah, that's like nowadays. I feel like me and, and a lot of other people just struggle with remembering God on a day-to-day -day basis, like remembering to worship God, unbusying our minds, literally being intentional about spending time with God so that we don't forget him. Yahweh saw and abhorred because of the provocation of his sons and daughters. He said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a very perverse generation, children in whom is no faithfulness. So at a certain point, God will take his hand of blessing away, especially if we don't want to change. Like say our entertainment or our sexual gratification or our identity is so much more important to us than God and we don't want to change, like we want to live in those sins and we want to just keep doing them day after day, eventually, yes, God will take his hand away from us and allow us to just live in those unfulfilled, 
places with our addictions and the things that we think are more important than God. Because there's nothing that will bring us quicker to God (laughs) than him taking his hand away from us. Because all of a sudden, we're going to be like, holy cow, we have no power of our own. Like, why did I think this thing was so fulfilling when it's not? And that's when we will start to turn back to God. So he says, I will hide my face from him. I will see what their end will be. They are a perverse generation. There is no faithfulness. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. It's all vanity. Even the little G gods that we worship. I will move them to jealousy with those who are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. I can honestly say I have experienced this. Verse 21. And I've experienced this recently. I actually uh, had a conversation with my husband just recently. And I was telling him like some of these things that I'm struggling with. And he told me, he's like, Jen, you're being the brother in the prodigal son story. Because you're angry that God like gives the Holy Spirit, in a sense, to people that you don't feel deserve it. One of the things I've been struggling with, just to be frank with you guys, like this, man, I'm really airing my dirty laundry on this episode. (laughs) One of the things I've been struggling with is I've been listening to testimonies recently, and I've been getting like kind of irritated that I'm just like, you know, these people, they went out and experienced the world, and yet... After doing all that, they experience God so, so much. Why are they, Why do they get to go out and live in the world and like do whatever they want? And then they come to God and they're able to experience God like so much more than I feel like I've ever experienced God when I wasn't necessarily out in the world the way they were. And my husband was just like Jen. And my husband, who was a person who was out in the world and did not know God, he was a strong atheist before I met him. He told me, he's like, you are being the brother of the prodigal son story because the brother stayed at home. He stayed with the father and wanted all the things of the father, but then got angry when people out in the world would come to the father. (laughs) I'm like, I don't like you very much right now, Garrett, because you're telling me truths that I don't want to (laughs) hear. And so, yeah, I can honestly say, like, I, I've been moved to jealousy with people who were not God's children initially. And so, yeah, and I, I've struggled with that many times throughout the years. So God says, in order to bring his people back to him, he's actually going to start blessing people who are, who acted very foolishly. He's going to start arousing his people to jealousy when he starts putting his hand of blessing somewhere else. And that's going to hopefully cause his people to want to return back to God. And then it says, for a fire is kindled in my anger that burns to the lowest shoal, which is uh, the earth, devours the earth with its increase, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. So God is angry. But now verses 23 through 29 talk about how, and I'm just going to summarize this quickly, talk about how if the people don't, begin to turn back to God after he takes his hand away from them, after he causes them to be jealous of other people, if they still want to continue on in their ways, 
without turning back to God, which unfortunately happens a whole lot. God says he's going to heap evils on them. He's going to spend arrows on them. They're going to be wasted away with hunger, devoured with burning heat, bitter destruction. And then it basically says it's going to go so far if his people don't turn back to him that everyone is going to be cursed. It doesn't matter if it's a young man or a virgin girl. It doesn't matter if it's going to be an infant, even even a gray haired man, like some of the most vulnerable people in Israel's society. It doesn't matter. They're all going to be cursed because none of them wanted to turn back to God. And God says he would even at this point wipe them out. However, he's not going to do it. And this is what he says. This is why I won't wipe them out because he doesn't want the enemy to think wrongly. Here's what it says. Lest their adversaries should judge wrongly, lest they should say our hand is exalted. Yahweh has not done this. (laughs) So in order to not make another nation so prideful, God says, no, I am not going to wipe out my people because other nations are going to be like, we did this. God is not around. We did this ourselves. Then in verse 29, 28 and 29, God says, man, I just wish they'd come back to me. They are a nation void of counsel. There is no understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise. Oh, that they understood all this, that they would consider their latter end. And that's where I ended today. So my challenge to all of you listening in is don't be void of counsel. Have understanding. Be wise and understand God's nature. Because the Old Testament, even though we don't live under the Old Testament anymore, and we live under the New Testament, which is grace through Jesus Christ, this is still God's heart. This is still how God feels. He's still jealous. He's still jealous for you. He still wants you to have understanding of who he is, and he still wants you to fear him. It says in scripture that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God the Father, he wrote this song. And of course it was written to the children of Israel, but we still have it here today because this unveils God's heart. Well, guys, thank you so much to everybody who tuned into this podcast episode. I love talking with you guys. You're all such a great audience. I love hearing from all of you. So if you have a prayer request or something that you'd just like to chat with me with or you want to introduce yourself, please feel free to email me. You'll find my email address listed in the description of this podcast episode. But also, if you love the podcast, make sure to grab a bumper sticker for the back of your car or you can get a T-shirt available in the t-shirt shop. All that stuff is linked in the description. Now, tomorrow we're going to be in the book of John because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. And so, yeah, check that out tomorrow. I hope to see you then 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Happy listening and God bless.